Soika is a retired, award-winning agriculture and environmental scientist. He's a writer of stories about the human spirit and human cultures in unusual and even fantastical circumstances. His published work has been variously described as science fiction, fantasy, and magical realism, with a tendency to cross boundaries, blend cultures, and mix themes, time periods, and settings. I catch up with Bob at the NeverEnding Odyssey Writer's Workshop held at St. Anselm's College in Manchester, New Hampshire. Well, you know what caught my eye? I went and did some Googling to see what pops up, yeah. and, uh, and I saw your environmental scientist, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, agriculture, I didn't know about that part. My, my career in science started as a soil scientist, and as time went on, it kept on shifting more and more towards environmental uh, research. Okay. Especially water quality stuff. Oh, you know what? My favorite thing I discovered was that you were in a e-zine of some kind on the website in 1997, and uh-huh. I'm going like, wait a minute here, this is like Mosaic, this might even, maybe Netscape was the new thing. Yeah. Probably had to pay for your browser in those days. Yeah, yeah. It was called eScape and uh, the James Gunn workshop uh, had a bunch of people in there that uh, you know started getting interested in e-publishing right away. When that one came out that was where I submitted my first story to that I ever got published. What kind of science fiction do you like to write? I, you know, am particularly interested in the kind of sci-fi that is starting to finally evolve where you almost can't see the boundary line between mainstream and, and speculative fiction, which is kind of covers the whole gamut. You know, I, I, I like the fact that uh, mainstream literary people are starting to be a little bit more open to the possibilities of including speculative fiction concepts in their work, and I'm also glad that the general spec fic community is learning to uh, present its material in, in a more polished and literary fashion, and I think it's a good evolution on both sides, so I like that. And the kind of stuff that I like to read and write, I, I like stuff that, that kind of goes into the intersection between uh, science and and the, the big maybes that relate to spirituality. I'm a, uh, a person that sort of thinks that, you know, what uh, some people see as spirituality might actually be something rooted in the nature of the universe itself. The physics, the chemistry, the energies uh, of the universe, we don't really have a very full understanding of all that right now. Um, And uh, it might be that somewhere down the road we'll find out that we've both been talking about the same thing, just using different words. And moral ambiguity, that's another theme that I love to to read stuff and I I try to write things that, you know, uh, cover uh, aspects of moral ambiguity. We make a lot of decisions, oftentimes either not thinking about uh, unintended consequences, uh, or we make decisions that can ne- neither be, you know, totally good or totally bad. Um, we're forced to do something nonetheless, and so you know, I, I try to put that out in some of my stories. Do you have an example of what you would call a classic version of this spiritual, a, a spiritual within science fiction? Uh, well, I, I can tell you right now, the last story I wrote was th- as close as I could nail it myself. I, I have a story out there right now that's called Between the Zeros and the Ones. And um, it is a story about an android.
who is uh, in a uh, post-collapse um, sort of world. And at this point in history, uh, androids and humans are so much part of the normal fabric of society that they're there together and they share roles within society. And this guy happens to be a fireman and he goes to a fire and unbeknownst to himself, he is destroyed in the fire. And then the story is presented as him realizing that he was destroyed and the only way he can do that is he comes back as a ghost and so it's mm. like him coming to grips with wait a minute I'm not supposed to I'm just a machine I shouldn't be able to and so you know I, I kind of just introduced the idea of where does where does consciousness come from mm. where does it start where does it stop That's my personal example. There are books that, that I've read recently, like The Sparrow, that uh, you know is really uh, a good one to use about you know moral ambiguity. It's like you know we have cultural values that that are seen differently amongst cultures. If you're in in the culture, you might think one way. If you're outside the culture, you think another. Right. And you know sometimes it's it's what we do with science that um, you know that influences that. So. The Sparrow is a novel written by Mary Doria Russell. I, I see a couple things that you do, and I'm trying to plug them together because because I know what I would do if I had those two attributes. And I see environmental science. I'm thinking like I bet you've written some good global warming type stories. I haven't written right down that scenario yet. But being a soil scientist, my my degree is actually in soil science, oh. and uh, so I, I did a lighthearted story that we put in an anthology uh, called Elemental. I'm trying to remember the name of my own story, but anyway, it's a it's a story about a group of aliens that come down to Earth and they land. I think it was Ireland, Scotland, wherever it was. Said in this story, this particular science sees them not everybody can see them and he's trying to figure out why they keep popping in and what they're doing and the, the, the one alien happens to be uh, someone that he meets up with on the train and he turns around and he recognizes the scientist and he's talking to him and the story plays out uh, along the line and it comes down to the scientist wanting to know why they're here what 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 are you bothering with us for and, and he says uh, you know are you here for you know some of our riches and he says well in a way he says we're here for for your soil and he says what you know, of all the things that, that we have, and he says, well, our, our planet disabused the, you know, the soil, and we're just, we're just bringing some back, you know, to uh, kind of help fix things, plant some, some organisms in our soil and try right. to make it better. So. You tell me if this is true. Are you more focused on exploring spirituality with science fiction rather than... Uh, yeah, and spirituality may be too heavy a word in that direction. There's a lot of a lot of hard science fiction, and I'm not a hard science fiction writer. I, I kind of call it soft science fiction, or maybe even veering off into woo-woo sometime, if you want to use that term. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, to me, it's interesting that we oftentimes see things handled one way or the other, and I just kind of like the fact that, that some of this stuff isn't just one way or the other, and uh, I like to see it you know, come together. Yeah, that's it, fun for me. However you found sci-fi thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review, even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. Next episode, author Bob Soika 
tells us about his most inspiring reads. I like Jack McDevitt. Um, he wrote a book that's called uh, Time Travelers Never Never Die. And uh, I think that's, that's just one of the favorite sci-fi books I've ever read. It's just one of the best handlings of, uh, of time travel that, I, that I've read. Jack, if you're out there, send me a check. <laughs>